You're listening to the What's Up in Weston Public Schools podcast with your host, Lisa Barbiero. So I'm here today with Mark Berkowitz, who serves in the role of uh, Athletic Director for the Weston Public Schools. Thank you, Mr. Berkowitz, for uh, joining me today for this podcast. Thank you for having me. You know, I, I think way back, I think when I first met you, I was an assistant principal at the high school and they brought you over, who is the infamous they, to teach health. I think it was when Jerry Grocky left mm-hmm. and you came over. But let's go down memory lane a little bit. What year did you start here? I started in Weston in 1999. Oh my gosh. Yes. Wow. A long time ago. I started as a middle school PE and health teacher. And who were you working with back then? Well, Mr. Medvey, I'm I sure. I shared an office with <laughs> Matt Medvey. Yep. Yeah. Um, we did down in the dungeon in the basement of the uh, of the middle school. Oh, by the pool. Yeah. We ended up with uh, Joe Lato in our office for oh, a little wow. while while we were over there. Um, Patty Powers and Anna Quilla were teaching oh, there. Oh, a blast from and, the past. Yes. Yeah. And, and Chuck Simone. Oh, gosh. Wow. I uh, was the first person I met in this district, actually, after I was after I was hired when I started here. And who was the principal that hired you? That was Darlie Ebling. Oh, my um, gosh. Who, yeah. at the end of her career, ended up coaching. And I was the athletic director at the time. So we worked together in a couple of different roles, which was kind of nice. Yeah, um, but yes. only here in Weston, you know, <laughs> can you see those kinds of connections between people where, you know, someone isn't ready to retire and then, you know, I'm going to do this or I'm going to retire and I'm going to come back and coach. Yeah, that's great. Did you start with PE or PE and health? I started as just a PE teacher at the middle school. Um, then I got my health certification and I started teaching health at the middle school. And then when Jerry Grocky was talking about leaving and actually the, the high school was growing in size. That's right. And yeah. They needed an extra couple tenths of a health teacher That's over right. here. I came over for one year and worked with Jerry Grocky um, and learned from her, which was great. Very advantageous for me yeah, to yeah, sure. take over her program, which, you know, she had pretty much created at that point. Um, and I became really more of a health teacher here at the high school. And it was also teaching PE here at the high school. And you were coaching soccer. And I was the hired as the boys soccer coach back in 1999. And uh, that's kind of how I ended up in Weston really is this, the soccer position was available. And fortunately there was also a teaching position that was part-time um, at the middle school. I actually taught computers my first year at the middle school as well. Computers. Yes, which was a little different than it would be in today's world. It was, oh, wow. um, you know, big hunking machines, and, <laughs> you know, desktops, not laptops, <coughs> that's for sure. So. And you, you um, previously were teaching in the Midwest. Yes. Before I came back to Connecticut, I did teach in Illinois. Uh, I was at North Barrington Elementary School for seven years. I was also coaching at Barrington High School. Um, my first year out there, I actually worked as a para, which was really more of a security guard type of, of a job. Sure, sure. Um, monitoring the hallways for the, my first year there oh, at, wow. at Barrington High School. Oh, wow. And I was coaching them. And your wife is a teacher as well. My wife teaches now at Wilton High School. She's a special ed teacher and has been her whole career. And um, she started her career at Stanford in Stanford. Oh, that's right. At 
Clunan? At, at Clunan Middle, Middle School. Middle School. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Now, you said when he came back to Connecticut, fun fact about Mr. Berkowitz, I would say that administration is in his blood because your father was principal. Yeah, he was a principal at Wyndham High School for over 20 years. Wow. And you grew up in? I grew up, I was born in Long Island. Uh, we moved to Windsor. My father was an assistant principal in Windsor at a middle school. Um, then it was a junior high school. And uh, <laughs> then he became the principal at Wyndham High School. And we moved to Coventry, Connecticut, mm-hmm. which is a, just a little town near the campus of UConn. That's right. UConn yeah, stores. Yeah. So where'd you go to high school? I went to Coventry High School. Oh, wow. And, and then where'd you go to school? And then I went to Southern Connecticut State University. Uh-huh. Played soccer there for a couple of years and got my PE degree from there. Um, then moved out to Illinois and uh, got my master's out in Illinois and then came yeah. back and got my administrative degree here in Connecticut. Oh, that's right. Sacred I remember. Heart. I remember that. Uh, what position in soccer? I was mostly a midfielder in high school and in college. Um, a little bit of a forward, a little bit of a midfielder. My coach always told me I was a natural defender, um, but I never really played that position. So I don't know why he thought that. But um, and I and I still play soccer today. Yes, in the men's different men's leagues, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, as we're sitting here in your office, I'm looking over your shoulder and I'm seeing that beautiful uh, framed. Uh, picture of the Western Forum of your victory. Let's take me back to that moment. That was a special moment. Uh, when I first got here, I, I told you the first person, one of the first people I met was Chuck Simone. And one of the first things he said to me was, oh, you're the new soccer coach. You'll never be successful here. Oh, thank you. Honestly, that was one of the first. And the program had some down years. Um, and I, my response to him was, well, I guess that depends on how you define success, but I think we'll do fine. Um, well said. And Yeah, and, and we did. We did do just fine. And that was icing on the cake that year, being able to be a part of a, of a state championship with a team that four years earlier didn't win a game in the whole season. So so take us back. Um, so we're looking at 1999, four years later. So that was what, 2000? No, this is 2005. So okay. 1999, we actually won three games. Oh, good. And you would have thought that we won the World Cup because going into that year, they had won three games in the previous five years combined. Um, So, you know, I met with the seniors and had conversations with them about what the problems in the program were. And and the biggest issue was people just weren't showing up to practice. The the athletes didn't respect their own program. So that was an easy fix. Um, And Carl Charles, who was the athletic director at the time, was very supportive of the changes that, that I wanted to make in the program. And the athletes were very supportive, which was as and more important um, as were their parents. So, you know, then it was really six years after that, but in year two, we didn't win a game. We went 0-15 and one, we tied the first game of the year and then lost 15 in a row. Um, And I'll never forget at the end of that season, how positive the players were, especially the players who were coming back the following year about understanding, even though we didn't win a game, they understood what was being asked of them at that point. Um, and it just was really rewarding that they were all kind of bought in then and were ready to come back the next year. And the next year back then you had to win 50% of your games to make the state tournament. And we went um, seven, eight and one that year, that third year and just missed the state tournament um, by a single game. But it was still obviously a large improvement. Mm, and, yeah. and we don't base our success just off the record, mm-hmm. um, but it was nice to see them get rewarded 
in some victories as well for the hard work that they were putting in. And who were the captains back then? Take me down memory lane. Oh, if you're talking about the 05 team, the team that won the state championship, yeah. that would have been the two Scalantes, Patrick oh, and Michael Scalante sure. and Alex Tatunji. Oh, gosh, um, Tatunji. Yeah, yeah. That was, it was a great group. Um, all around, it was a great group. But those three were really special. Um, I still tell stories to today's captain circle, the, you know, our, our captain's leadership group, um, about some of the some of the decisions they made that helped put this team on the track to end up where they ended up. Mm -hmm. um, little things like, you know, they signed and e they sent out an email. And yes, it was still email that we were communicating yeah, with yeah, back yeah. then. There was no Instagram or, or Snapchat or Twitter or any of that. Um, they sent out an email at the beginning of the summer before that season started. And they signed the email, 2005 state champions. And before you know, they were, but well before we were and, and, <laughs> and well before this, you know, this program was even really competitive in yeah, sure. that state level. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of like cute. And that's how kind of how I took it when I first saw it. I'm like, oh, this is cute. They, you know, that's a nice way to do it. But then they kept signing it, 2005 state champions. And they made me realize that I had to up my game that year because wow. they had intentions Ooh. and goals. And yeah, it gives I'm you getting goosebumps. Go I know I'm getting goosebumps thinking about those those guys. Yeah. That That's really cool. And you touched on something about with the captain circle. Now, I remember, um, you know, the captain circle starting uh, with uh, Carl Charles, the former athletic director, when I was a teacher and assistant principal. And, um, you know, you when you start a program, you always hope that whoever takes it over takes it to the next level. At least I always do. And I really do think that as the athletic director, um, you have taken that captain circle, leadership circle to the next level. For our listening audience, why don't you talk to us a little bit about the captain circle and, you know, the nuts and bolts of it, but and also kind of its mission and how it aligns clearly with what we're trying to do here in, in Weston, which is basically raise, raise these young adults to become um, contributing citizens sure. of a bigger world when well, they, they leave. Yeah. They, they, uh, we meet with the captains once a month. Who's sometimes the we? We is usually me. Yeah. Um, sometimes we bring in speakers. Mm -hmm. Sometimes other people, other teachers, other coaches might pop sure. in and be a part of that. Um, but we meet once a month sometimes in big groups with the whole, all of the captains from all of the teams together and other times in smaller groups by season mm -hmm. where just the fall captains are there or just the winter mm -hmm. captains are there or just the spring captains are there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we talk about helping them with issues they may have in their program, mm -hmm. but really the, the mission is to help them grow and develop as leaders, mm -hmm. both in their program and in our school and in our community, because yeah. we realize that we put these teenagers in this role as captain, mm -hmm. but we weren't really explaining to them what that meant or how to go about doing it and exactly. empowering them to do it to the best of their ability and, re and help them realize that it's okay to grow during the process. You don't have to be the best captain day one as long as you're willing to grow and develop into that, because we're all still growing and developing. Sure. Um, so that's kind of the mission of it. And, and we kick it off in August before school starts. Um, and we, with all the captains and we bring in a company um, impact for good. And, and they do 
a team building mm-hmm. community service activity with the athletes and just to try and get them all thinking together and, mm-hmm. and working together towards the common goal. And really, again, one of the big things we're trying to get out of it, aside from helping them develop so that they can help their programs, is to help them be leaders in our school community, both um, in school and at competitions, and help us define what sportsmanship means to us and how we want to be represented and how we want to represent ourselves when we go to other areas and other schools. And what are some of the projects? You guys have done some incredible um, kickoff projects. Yeah, that kickoff meeting is always one of the favorite of the mm, captains and myself. Sure, yeah. um, and they do they do build a bike where the captains build, um, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten bikes, and then donate it to a big brother, big sister um, out of Bridgeport. You know, yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, usually a, a community around us. Um, and some of the little the little kids who are getting the bikes will show up. Yes, I remember day. that seeing that, and they're so excited because yeah. they get like, "Look, it's my little purple bike. I'm taking it home." Yeah, yeah. they've yeah. done first aid kits um, mm-hmm. for um, for the American Heart American Red Cross. I'm sorry uh-huh. for the American Red Cross, um, and they did that one year. They've done build a bear where they did teddy bears that were given. Mm. Um, they've done co- little computers. They've done little race cars. Um, That's right. They, yeah. Often we donate to um, Daniel's closet at in the hospital in Stanford, um, where pediatric cancer patients are able to go into that closet and take an item that's going to help them get through the procedures that they're dealing with. Um, so we've donated to that. It, it's you know a lot of different things on a lot of different years that are touching a lot of different people. And hopefully our our student leaders are learning not only to be leaders, but also that giving back is an important part of, of what we do. And, and it is so true what you say about leadership and how to teach them to be leaders. Because, you know, um, I was fortunate um, when I was principal of the high school to have you as an athletic director. And I, I sincerely mean that because you have to be on the same page. And for you, it's always been about not building just student athletes. And you always say student is first, but also in building um, good people. And leadership is, is very key to that. I can think of some examples over the years where there might be an issue on a, a sports team or whatever, and how you and I would work through it, um, putting it kind of almost in the captain's hands and asking them, you know, uh, this is your team. How are you going to do it? Talk to us a little bit about maybe a couple examples where, and they don't have to be that um, necessarily serious, but where where the captains can really, um, how they can demonstrate their leadership to a team um, over the course of the season. Well, there's there's so many different ways mm-hmm. that they can do that. I can go back to one that pops right into my head, and it was back when I was coaching here at Weston. Um, we had an athlete who missed a practice. This is the day before our last game. This is a senior captain on our team who is the best player on our team as well. Um, we're going to play Joe Barlow, who – our rivals. Then they weren't much of a rival because they were really good and we weren't. We were getting there, but we weren't yet. Um, but it was still a rival because <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, still yeah. Joe Barlow. Um, so 
he didn't didn't call, didn't notify me he was going to miss the practice, missed the practice. The rule on our team was if you miss the practice without notification and it's an unexcused, you can't play in the next game. Ooh. This is his last game of his senior career. Um, so we go to the game at Joe Barlow. We get out first. We get on the bus. We're you know heading heading to the game. Um, his little brother, who's on the team as well, comes up to the front seat and he says, "Can my brother wear my uniform today so he can play?" And I said, "It isn't the number that can't play. It's it's you know like they were trying to figure out a way to get him to play because it was his last game." So we get to the field, we're warming up. You know, obviously I had already spoken with the individual and had a good conversation with him. He understood that he made a mistake and, and you know, whatever. Um, so we get into the game and we're getting beat, which has nothing to do with the story, but um, there's like 10 minutes left. And the two other captains came over to me and they said, coach, do you think Robbie can finish the season on the field? I mean, we understand why he couldn't play. And I said to them, that isn't my decision. That's your decision. This is your program. And they said, coach, everybody knows why he didn't play today. And then if you'll sit him, everyone has to play by the same rules and understand the same things. We think it's okay if he goes in at this point. So Robbie went in and played. And he almost scored a goal. We were oh, down. Wow. We were down. Yeah. I want to say ten nothing at the time. And he almost scored a goal for us. Um, really invigorated the team. And um, it, it's just it shows the importance that those leaders play in a program because it isn't my team. It isn't our team. It's their team. I mean, they're the ones who are leaving the legacy of the program that's going to be there for years to come. And we do talk to our captains about that, about the fact that if the program does something great four years from now, you can be a part of that by laying the groundwork now. Yeah. You can't always be there to be part of it, but you still are a part of it. And one of the most special things for me is that 2005 year, that individual was actually on the sideline with us as an assistant coach that year. And many of his teammates were in the stands because they knew they were a big part of the reason that we were in that state championship oh, game. Another goosebump moment. <laughs> so what's the saying you have over your desk? Uh, tradition never graduates. And we talk about that all the time. It's on a lot of signs yes. throughout our, our campus as well. It's on all our sportsmanship signs. What's it mean? To, to us, it, it means that what we do today is going to carry forward. And the faces change. And, you know, Miss Miss Wolak, now Miss Barbiero, isn't our principal anymore, but our traditions are still going to be here. And exactly. we want them to be positive and we want them to reflect well on our community. And things we do today are going to make a difference four, five, seven, ten years from now, even though people not may not know us or remember us because of the nature of education that it kind of turns over every four years. So um, I know that you are... Um really proud of the program. Give us a, a quick description of, you know, number of teams, number of student athletes for, for the listening public. We have approximately 70 teams. Um, we average just over 70% of our student population participating in at least one sport mm -hmm. with many of our students participating in two and still mm -hmm. a lot of our students participating in three sports, which is um, awesome. We are really proud of our participation numbers. 
Um, we have lots of opportunities for our team, and we think that diversified approach of having lots of opportunities for them is a good thing yes. for our student athletes. Um, and then the avenues of success that they bring back to us are amazing. And it's not just on the fields where we are averaging five state championships a year over the last 16 years. We're averaging seven over seven conference championships a year over the last 16 years. Um, but we also have 80% of our teams being recognized for sportsmanship. Sportsmanship. Exactly. And we have over 80% of our students being recognized for academics during their season. And that's really important. And yeah. And then if you talk about individuals, we are averaging over 45 all state athletes a year. Um, over and that we're a small school. Frame. Yeah. Right. It's really, 710 kids, roughly, yeah. more or less, when you think about those statistics. Yeah. It, it, and I, I have told this story a few times now, but it really was put into perspective for me. I was at an AD meeting and someone had asked me how the spring went. And uh, I was saying, oh, the spring, you know, we had a good spring season. It was, it didn't end for us, you know, as great as some of the other springs, but it was a really good season. And they said, what do you mean it didn't end as great? I said, well, we only won state, one state championship this season. And the person looked at me with this dumbfounded look on their face, mm -hmm. like, you're really complaining about winning one state championship in a season? And he said, we haven't won a state championship in, in 12 years. And you're complaining about winning one in a season. And, and it really puts it in perspective yes. that we average five a year and we're spoiled. We take, we, we don't we take, take it, it for, for granted. granted. Well, we try not to take it for granted, but it is, it, 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 it comes, our athletes exactly. and our coaches work so hard. Yes. And because we don't focus on the championships, we really kind of focus on the process. Well, that's it. They kind of come and we're still proud of each and every one of them. And we still celebrate each and every one of them, but we are spoiled. And when we have, you, a, you expect it. I mean, I expect the swim team to get a state championship, kind of like yeah. I used to expect the Yukon women to win. Yeah. I, I, and you're right, you know. Yeah, and we don't want to. We don't want to take it for granted because they're new athletes, and whether it's the same coaches or new coaches, they're working hard or harder because there's more people after them now because of what yes. we've created. Yes. Um, and we want to make sure that we celebrate them for what they are accomplishing each and every time they go out to accomplish it. Well, and, you know, and um, when you think of the magnitude you um, of the program, you are responsible for the hiring of all of these coaches. You work, I know, really hard to make sure that they meet the expectations uh, the head coaches, and um, I'm really proud of the staff that we have working. Many are teachers, some are not, but they all seem to really have a solid understanding of what it means to coach in Weston, and that's because of you. Yeah, I'm very fortunate, and I tell the coaches this all the time, we have the best coaching staff in the state. And I'm a little biased. There's, there's I no would doubt agree about too. it. I would but agree. I agree with that. And it isn't only because of how intelligent they are with their X's and O's in the different sports yeah, yeah. and how hard they work to improve themselves as coaches, going to clinics and conferences and 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 you know, all the other ways and watching videos mm -hmm. and anything they can do to better themselves as a coach. But it's be it's how easily they buy into the kid first approach. And focusing on the process of helping us create better people. And through that, 
helping them create better programs. And they, they, they make, they make me look good. And I thank them for that every year at the beginning of every season, um, because they go out and they do it the right way. They follow the CIAC regulations. They follow the Western public schools regulations. They we're not trying to cheat to win. We're trying to focus on the process, do it the right way. And when we win, it's because of that, not exactly. in spite of that. Exactly. It's, it's the journey. Um, and so you say we have the best coaching staff in the state. I would say we have the best athletic director in the state. And, and now I'm going to make you uncomfortable because you're <laughs> uncomfortable about talking about this. You're pretty well known at the state level and at the national level. Can you um, talk to us a little bit about your state leadership? Yes. Um, so I am on a CIAC committee. I'm actually now the tournament director for boys and girls soccer for the CIAC. Uh, so that's a new um, position that I just took over this past fall for the uh -huh. first time. It was interesting and fun and rewarding. Um, also with the Connecticut Association of Athletic Directors, which is CAD, I am the first vice president, which basically makes me the president elect. Um, so in two years, I will take over as the president of CAD. Um, I was also on a National Federation of High Schools committee um, for four years. I rolled off of that just this January. And you were named, I remember going to the, the ceremony where you were honored. Yeah, that was, I don't know, I was a few years ago. It was great to be honored. Um, Athletic recognized, Director of the Year. Yeah, correct? it was a state award for, of merit um, from CAD. And it was very, you know, I was humbled to be honored. There's so many great athletic directors in this state. Uh, and it, it was fun. It was a fun evening. It was great for a lot of, of you, you personally, and yeah, a lot of other to people to show up and, yeah, it was a great and, night. and support. So it was a great night. And the Southwest Conference? Um, a few years ago, we, our commissioner retired, uh, moved down to Pennsylvania. And so the Athletic director from Joe Barler and I stepped up and took over as co-commissioners of the Southwest Conference. Um, then we lost our executive secretary. So our role kind of increased. Oh. Um, she retired as well. Oh, they um, didn't replace her. We we kind of changed the roles um, yeah. and we took over as the commissioners and we hired an administrative assistant instead oh, of an executive secretary. Um, and she is phenomenal and has really helped to improve. Yeah. Our, our conference. And so we work hard mm -hmm. together to try and do the best we can for the Southwest Conference, which is a, made up of 14 schools. So it's made up of 14 schools. And I do think it's worth noting that you and Mike Santangeli, the two schools, Barlow and Weston, that are rivals, work together to basically lead the conference. And when I was principal, I was in um, uh, meetings, I know, um, with, with the two of you, it was at the end, you know, when the two of you took over, I was like, Oh, kind of regret not having continued because it was a pleasure to work with the two of you. And you have done things, the two of you, um, with regards to, uh, you know, our student athletes working together between the schools. Yeah. The, the Joe Barlow Western rivalry is, is an interesting one where we're just across the reservoir from each other. Yeah. Yet the students kind of view themselves as so different. Um, and there were some issues early in our, both of our tenures as athletic directors. And we worked really hard to try and, and help our student athletes understand that rivalries are good. Rivalries are good for sports. 
Um, they're good for communities. They build sure. atten bring yeah. attention to those games. Uh, but once you're off the fields of competition, we're, we're, we're high schools. We're high school students. We're yeah. high school ADs. We're high school coaches. Um, and, you know, we have, we have the responsibility to be positive, to bring positivity to our communities. So we have done things like we go to sportsmanship. This past fall, we went to the CIAC Sportsmanship Conference together on one bus. On one Their bus, leaders yeah. and our leaders. Yeah, yeah. And, and Mike and I went all together um, so that there's a little more positive interaction sure, yeah. between the groups. And we've done that for a number of years. Yeah, I, I, I think that um, that that's great. I mean, the two of you um, really align well, I think, with the, uh, the missions of the schools and what we're trying to accomplish. So a lot of community support in Weston for athletics. Absolutely. We, we couldn't do what we do without the support we receive, whether that is financially from the town through the budget, through the mm -hmm. Board of Education, mm -hmm. um, financially through our booster club, yeah. uh, through the Diamond Club and Gridiron Club, who are also b big supporters. Um, or if you go away from the financials and you talk about volunteer work and um, people running the concession stand, volunteering their time to do that, to support our athletes parents opening up their homes for team dinners or for other team bonding experiences for our athletes. Um, we, people ask me all the time, you know, how do you work in Weston? It has to be really tough. And they're, they're, you know, ask about the parents. And, and I always say the same thing. Our parents are our biggest asset. Exactly. And there's no doubt in my mind that that is true. And, you know, they hear stories, the squeaky wheels always get the stories oh, out yeah. in the public, whether it's Western or any other community. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, but those are such the minority. And overall, our parents are our biggest asset. And I know I couldn't do my job without the support that we have from them. We would not be nearly as successful on or off the field of competition without their support. And you have a pretty special woman working with you now. I've been here with you and you've gone uh, through a, a variety of assistance, but um, you really, you know, this was a home run with Dawn Egan. Absolutely a home run. She is, Dawn is phenomenal. She has changed the face of this athletic office. Um, she makes me feel comfortable taking on some of the roles that you talked about earlier at the national and the state level, because I know the office is under great care even if I'm away doing something at those, you know, for those other boards. Um, she is supportive. She is helpful. She is so friendly and warm to our student athletes, our students. I don't even have to say athletes. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be an athlete. It's anyone who's walking these hallways or walking past looking for their parent. You know, if it's one of the WIS um, students, she is just great with everyone. She loves this community. She is, she's a good member of this community. I, I jokingly call her the mayor all the time um, because she knows everybody. She's involved in a lot of different positive things in this community. Um, but again, you know, I talk about the support of the parents. Dawn Egan has made it possible for our athletic program to not only stay the course, but to improve and, and progress. And you also love this community. It's quite evident. I mean, you spend more time here with this program than you do with your own family. Yeah, but blunt. My, <laughs> I do. I, I love Weston. It was it, it took me in when it didn't have to and made me feel a part of something important and something special. Um, 
my kids went to both my boys played sports in in high school. They went to Pomp Rock High School, which is in our conference. Yeah, yeah. Um, so people ask me all the time, you know, who do you root for when we play against your boys? And I tell them the same thing I told my sons. I hope that my boys play well and lose when they're playing Weston. Other than that, I'll, <laughs> I root for Pomperog for to win all the other games that my, my boys were part of. But when they played Weston, I wanted my boys to play well or compete well and lose, depending upon the sport. So, And what um, sports? Uh, my older son, Drew, played soccer. He was a goalkeeper and he was a skier. And my younger son, Kyle, also played soccer and he played indoor and outdoor track, ran indoor and outdoor mm -hmm. track and uh, was hoping to run track in college and unfortunately tore his ACL oh. his senior year in high school. Um, injuries are part of sports too, unfortunately, sometimes, and that kind of derailed his his athletic career in college, um, but both still went off to college and, and did a good job. And now they're out, hopefully being positive members of our society and contributing in, in any way they can. Well, I'm sure they are. And, you know, I can't underscore the amount of time um, and on the weekends. And, you know, I remember, um, you know, when I was principal, I tried to go to as many events as I could, or at least one per sport. And sometimes I was successful. Sometimes I wasn't. But even, you know, um, I remember the couple of times I went up to the mountain to see the skiers. There you were. You know, we have these co-op hockey groups. You go. You feel a tremendous responsibility to be at these games all over the state. And I can't emphasize enough that that is not the case with all athletic directors. It's just not. Yeah, I, I think that most hopefully do. I, I don't know because I'm not in their shoes. I, I believe that, first of all, I want to be there for our athletes. Um, I want to watch what they're doing and see what they're doing and be a part of their environment um, so that hopefully I can help in any small way with their environment. I also want to be there for the coaches um, because if, you know, it's it, as a principal, it'd be pretty hard to evaluate your teachers if you never saw them teach. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so I go well to practices yeah. um, and, but being at the competitions is a big part of that because practice is one thing when the blood gets boiling and, and the competitive juices get flowing, sure. sometimes people change a little and we want to make sure that they don't, that they understand their roles and, and responsibilities, both athletes and coaches and officials and spectators. Um, it's all about being just engrossed and, and engaged in the environment. And I also do love all sports. It's really fun for me yeah. to be a part of sports and talk with our coaches and talk X's and O's with them. And I, I'm glad that they allow me to do that. They afford me that opportunity um, because to me that is fun and it, and it helps me learn more about them and their sport as well as hopefully they learn more about me and what our vision is for you know the overall program. So a lot of time spent here, a lot of physical hours spent here in this space or around this uh, state. What do you like to do for fun? Travel. Um, love to travel, get away for a couple of weeks every summer and go abroad when we can. We've taken a lot of really cool cruises where we were over in Russia mm. and Poland and Estonia, mm. and, um, you know, on the Baltic and, and things like that, or even, you know, just some, just the country went to Alaska, yeah. um, you know, whatever we like, love to travel. And I, I, I do still do play a lot of sports. I play soccer. I play baseball, try to play tennis once in a while when I can, oh. 
and I love to golf. Um, golfing is something I try to immerse myself in in the summer. Don't have a lot of time in the fall and the spring to do it. Um, I did just find an indoor golf simulating place in Danbury. Really? That I met a couple of, of my AD friends at uh, a couple of weeks ago and tried it out for the first time. It was pretty cool. So that may become um, something that I try to do a little more regularly just as an mm. outlet. You do have to stay grounded. You have to make sure that you take care of yourself. It's we spend yeah. as educators, and you do too, Lisa, both as, as a teacher and then assistant principal and a principal, and now as a superintendent, we spend so much of our time taking care of other people. Um, but we do have to make sure that we take mm -hmm. care of ourselves once mm -hmm. in a while so that we're healthy enough to take care of the yeah. other people when yeah. the time comes. Well said. And, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I remember over the years when you're telling me in the summer, you're going on these amazing trips with Patty and the boys, and I'm, I'm so happy for you. Um, that you, you know, that you're able to uh, to do that. You also, there was something, if I remember right, didn't you as a family have a goal about something about yeah. baseball parks? We did. We did a, a long time ago, long time ago. My son, Drew, um, was playing baseball at the time and he really was getting into it. And we went to, I, I want to say it was the New Britain Bees, um, but it might they might have been a different name at that time might have been the rock cats even then but anyway we went to a minor league game and he kind of fell in love with it and, and we talked as a family and we decided that we were going to visit all <laughs> 30 major league baseball parks um and so we kind of encompassed that into our trips we went to niagara falls one summer and so we went to toronto and saw a game in toronto uh, we did a cruise out of California one year. So we saw five games in five different ballparks in California. Oh, my gosh. Before and after the cruise. Um, we did complete that. Oh, you did? We did. The summer before Drew left for college. What was the last uh, one you the had? The last one we went to was actually Washington, D.C. We went and saw the Nationals play in, in Washington. And that was the last park that we hadn't been oh, to wow. as a family. Yeah, yeah. Um, because a couple of them I had been to alone. Sure, sure. Um, but we had to go, the four of us together. And uh, I give pa Patty and Kyle a lot of credit because Kyle was not that interested in baseball. But they all went. Um, but we all went together. And we, you know, we had a lot of fun around the trip. Sure. Um, and Patty would take Kyle on walks every three innings to get food or to get his face painted or stuff like that. Drew did the program. He got a program at every ballpark and kept score at every game. Um, That's pretty cool. And it was, it was a lot of fun and it was a great goal that we were able yeah. to accomplish together. And, yeah. you know, as I'm talking about my family and, and you mentioned how much time we do spend here, um, you know, I, I have to thank them because they gave me up for a lot of things. Oh yeah. And my wife, Patty is an amazing person, an amazing woman. She's a saint. Um, she yeah. knew who she married <laughs> and she <laughs> let me do my job instead of making me feel guilty about doing yeah. my job. Um, and it's, I think it's helped me to be way more successful at my job than I would have otherwise been. And, and I, mm -hmm. I can't tell you how much I appreciate her mm -hmm. and my boys for all that they, yeah. all the opportunities they gave me throughout well the years. Well said. Oh, another goosebump <laughs> moment. Well, I have to say in closing that um, some of the best memories I have over my career here in Weston were sports related. You know, when I think back, you know, my daughter did play for Gustavo. I love to watch the, I just love to watch um, the kids play soccer. Uh, when the boys won that na uh, national, here I'm getting, it's not the Super Bowl. When they won the. Um, to us it was. I know it really was. When they won that state championship, 
on the football fields and you're out there and um, kids are so emotional. They're crying. Um, and to this day, you know, I bought myself one of those rings just because I, uh, and I do put it on at every Super Bowl because to me that was the Super Bowl, but it was, it wasn't, it was great about the win. Like you say that they were state champions, but the journey that that team took and to see them, you know, and to know that coaching staff under Dan Hassett's leadership, it, it was amazing. And, you know, and to go see the swimmers and I don't want to name all the sports cause then I'm going to leave somebody out, but they're just, they were really, they're really incredible memories. And I think that, you know, um, to see also the facilities and how they've grown from, I remember when it was almost like a dirt track to low field Senior way in the track. back, you know, uh, and to see what it is now. Um, it's pretty incredible. So yeah, sport um, sports bring communities together. Yes. And they also can separate communities, which yeah, we sure. talked about with Barlow for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we had those issues. Um, seeing the look on our kids' faces when they accomplish something that maybe only they believed could be accomplished, it really does it brings a tear to your eye. It yeah. brings goosebumps. It's a joyful feeling the elation on their faces. Um, it, it is amazing. And that's part of the reason why you're there is just to be able to witness that oh, and, yeah. and stand aside and let them have that moment. Yeah. Um, and it is incredible. And and I just told this story this weekend at Kiwanis. That isn't, those aren't my favorite moments though. As an athletic director, those are up there. I mean, obviously, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, champ, yeah. winning championships. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite? The favorite moments for me as an athletic director are when alumni come back and describe in any small or large way how being an athlete impacted their yes. life after school, whether it's after college, whether it's in college. The most, the, the, you know, one of the most special moments for me as a coach, I was out in an alumni soccer game and one of my kids who had played for me, an alum, was back. And he came over to me and he said, coach, I, I was at an interview last week and the person asked me a question and I heard your voice in the back of my head. <laughs> he said, I, I think you were teaching us more than just soccer back then, weren't you? <laughs> those are the moments that educators live for, right? I mean, those still bring yes, goosebumps. Yes. That, that is really what it's all about. Um, when we talk about the process yes. and the fact that we focus on the process, we love to win championships. It's part, sure, of, yeah. you know, part of sports and part of competition. We want to win every time we step on the field of competition, whether that be a ski slope, a pool, a court, a field, whatever it mm -hmm, may be, mm -hmm. a track. Um, but really, it's about the process. And when someone comes back and says something like that, you realize the process can work. And, no, it does and did work. work for that person. Well, and it does work here because of you. Mark Berkowitz, Athletic Director at Weston High School. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. I would like to thank Jack Baca, Class of 2022, for the introduction, and Carl Schultz, class of 2023 for the music.